Welcome to Fly on the Wall Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Songson, CEO and founder of Church Boom. Here you get to sit in on a live coaching session as I coach pastors through the ministry challenges we all face. If you find this podcast helpful, please make sure to like, subscribe, and share. Hey, thanks so much for joining us. So excited about uh, the conversation that we're having today with my buddy Nathan from Ohio. We're talking about connecting people to the vision. How do you do that when you have a vision, when you have something you want to do, but you got to connect people to that? Well, how's the practical way you can do that? It is a great conversation. Let's dive into it now. How can I help you today, man? What's on your mind? Hey, the first question I wanted to ask is that, um, you know, I'm not great at systems. and I've watched one of these uh, Fly in the Wall podcasts before. And uh, how do I get better at systems when it's not my natural thing? I can develop them, but it takes time. It takes effort. How do I get better at systems when it's not my natural aptitude? Oh, well, that's a good question. So <clears throat> is is it that it's the creating of systems for you that's a challenge or the implementation of system for you that's a challenge? Uh, both, I would say. Yeah, a little bit of both. Yeah. Well, one, I think that, um, you know, it's interesting because whenever I look at a team, I think there's those that are the ideation and those that are implementation. Probably implementation and, after I think about it. Say again? Probably implementation after I, after you kind of re- rephrased it there. The implementation is probably the hardest. The hardest? Okay. So uh, there is ideation, implementation. And I think when you, when you think about systems and strategy, uh, developing system and strategy, I think it's the same thing. There's those that have the idea for it, can sort of formulate it. Then there's those that actually know how to carry it out. Um, and what I often talk about with people is with pastors and with leaders is the ability to have a balance in the top two or three people on your team that know what it looks like for ideation and what it looks like for implementation. Cause if all you do is have ideation people, you can all come up with 155 great ideas and nothing ever gets done. Yeah. All you have is implementation people. You're never going to have any ideas because they're not the ones creating them. And so you have to have a balance of ideation and implementation when you start talking about developing strategy or you're talking about developing systems, as you're, uh, the word you use, systems. So if I were you, I think it's a great time to look um, in your top two or three people and say, okay, let's think about... Um, these top three people, these four people that are on my team and say, okay, look, um, there are systems we need to put in place. Cause I know the size of your church. I know where you're at. We talk a lot. So I know. So it's like, okay, here's, here's where we're at. Here's where we want to go. These are four or five things that are missing. Let's us four get together. Let's figure out both sides of this. How are we going to create it? How is it going to get implemented? It shouldn't always be done by you. I think your church is growing, and I don't think it always has to be done by you. But you have to be able to balance that. A few years back, I was sitting with an executive on, on one of the teams that I, that I lead, and I was sharing with my frustration, and he coached me. And he's like, bro, he goes, look around the table. It was just me and him at the table, but he was talking about you know six guys, seven guys at the table. He goes... This guy, I go, oh, he goes, ideation, implementation. I go, ideation, ideation. There wasn't one, one. There was five of us at the table, I think, total. Not one person at the table that was implementation. So I was going a several months not listening to my own coaching going, I got everybody. At the, no, We got six whiteboards filled with ideas. 
I, no one's going to do it. But we get six whiteboards, with, six whiteboards filled with ideas. So uh, I know what that's like to fall into that trap. But you have to step back and say, okay, who's ideation? Who's implementation? Okay. And if you don't have ideation or implementation, if you were missing one of them at the table, it's going to ultimately equal a lot of frustration for you. You got to have those people at the table. Put three or four people in the room. Knock out the four or five systems you guys need to knock out and say, okay, how are we going to create it? How's it going to get implemented and solve that problem? I, I, I don't know how to make someone, not make someone, it's hard to help someone be ideation when they're just not. Yeah. Help someone to be implementation when they're just not. Yeah. So instead of fighting against the way we were created, let's put the two different type of people in the room and say, okay, here's what we got to do and how are we going to get it done? That's, That's what I would do. Rather than just like, this is just good. I got friends of mine that are phenomenal ideation. They're so creative. They can't implement anything and their life depended on it. But I can sit there and preach on them all day long, have them read 45 books. They're not going to implement. But put four in the room and know the balance. That's Ideation, good. implementation. Otherwise, you're going to be really frustrated. Yeah. I, and I'm only telling you from experience, not because I'm an expert at it. Because I got my own team calling me out like, look, dude, you got nothing but ideation at the table. You got to have ideation and implementation at the table. That's good. Yeah, we've got them separate. So to bring them together, that, that's great. Yeah, don't separate them. Keep them together. And okay, these are the, and, but I think you got to lead that. You got to say, okay, what, what, are, what systems do we need to work on? Once we work on them, okay, let, how, so here's the systems. How are we going to ideate this ideation and how's it going to get implemented? Before we even get into these systems, let's talk about ideation implementation. Yeah. I, I, I would lead with those words with your team. Say, yeah. guys, I don't want to create a bunch of systems that no one does. Or, or I don't want to know that there's a bunch of gaps but not have the systems to fill in the gaps. we got to create them and we got to implement them. Put them at yeah. the table, be honest with them, and share, this is, how, this is how we're going to do it. And if you create it the way of doing it, like, man, this is how it gets created, this is how it gets implemented. Dude, once you got that, once you have that system down of who's doing what, man, you can run with all day long with new systems. As long as you got the right people at the table. Yeah. 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 So that that should help you. Yeah. Yes, it will. Yeah. Yeah. What else you got, man? Next question. I just read recently that 60% of pastors who start in ministry don't end in ministry. And so what are some keys to some longevity that I can start now? That will help me be successful all the way to the end. I, I want to. I want to retire, pastor. I don't want to retire something else. And so, what are some things yeah. I can do now that will help me have some longevity in the future? Uh, what was what was that stat? I read a stat that sounded like that, but was a little different. What was the one you said? Sixty percent. Sixty percent of people who start in ministry don't end in ministry. So only forty yeah. percent make it to the end. Yeah, I saw a couple just recently as well. What was it, man? It was. I mean, it was insanely high, much higher than sixty percent of people that graduate college, go into the ministry. It was in this 80% range. Graduate college, go into ministry. Within five years, we'll quit ministry and take on something else. Wow. So the number you're reading will only get worse, according to this other thing I was reading, Yeah. Uh, this other stat. And wow, yeah, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty alarming. So, uh, and a great question, too. Um, I think there's a few things that, when I look at pastors that, quit. I think there's obvious things, you know, it's character, it's integrity. I, I mean, those are obvious things. I'm not mi- minimizing them. 
by saying they're obvious, but they're obvious. I'm not going to say anything new to that. Um, I th- obviously, those things are important. But the thing that I would talk about and think about is, one, make sure that you're always cheating the church, not cheating the family. Always. You got to make sure that family stays in balance. You know, uh, you, I always say, man, you can lose the church and have your family, but you lose your family, you'll probably lose the church too. Uh, and so you got to keep, you got to keep that in balance. You got to cheat the church, not cheat the family. I think that's one thing. Secondly, I think it's really important to find a way to not take every criticism and let it beat you up because the bigger you get, the more often it will happen. When your church is 200, it's going to happen a certain amount of times a month. When you hit 1,000, it's going to happen more times a month. When you hit 10,000, it's going to happen even more times a month. You're going to get criticized. People are going to leave the church. They're going to leave you. Uh, You're going to pay for their rent one month, sit by their hospital bed four months before, help their kid with something, and then they leave the church and say something bad about you. And you're like, wow, they forgot all of that. People are going to hurt you. Uh, I think one is keeping that family solid. But I think more often it isn't that. I think more often the thing that I always hear is like, I'm done with this. I mean, I give my sweat, blood, sweat, tears. I do everything I can to help people. And then I just get beat up and I just don't want it no more. I don't want it it no more. Um, I hear that more than I hear anything else. Yeah. And you, you got to find as a young leader, you got to find how do I balance that? How do I, how do I sift through criticism? Does everything have to come to my ears? Uh, everything. I got to a point, I'm just telling you, I got to a point where, you know, the little comment cards or whatever. And I got to a point where I told the team, I said, look, don't give me a comment card unless the person puts their name and information on it. If they don't have the guts to tell me who they are, I don't want to read their comment. And, and, uh, but that was my way of starting to build boundaries to make sure that I was trying to keep it in balance because it can get really, and the bigger you get, the more it's coming your way. Uh, and I, prob- I, I well, probably, I do hear that more than I hear anything else. If you read through the lines, what you hear is, I'm tired of getting beat up. I'm tired of being criticized. I'm tired of, I can't please anyone. I'm tired of, no matter what I do, it isn't right. And the bigger I get, the harder this gets, and forget it. And uh, you have to figure that out now. Finding your identity in Christ, finding your security in him, uh, finding that he's the one that we're trying to please, um, overcoming being a people pleaser, overcoming insecurity, not letting criticism rip you to for six weeks, but let it, maybe it hurts you for a few hours, but it doesn't hurt you for weeks and weeks and weeks. You got to find that balance. Because if you don't find that balance, your heart may want to stay in ministry, but you're like, I can't take this anymore. I'm done. And to me, I don't know if a lot of people would address that if you were to ask that question to 10 different leaders, but I would, based on being in a lot of pastors' lives, that's the thing I hear more than anything is that, that one I'm talking about right there. Yeah. It's hard. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't easy. No. Yeah. It's certainly. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, 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 and the bigger you get, Nathan, uh, and the more you influence, um, the more it's going to come. Yeah. 
you know, Certainly more it's going to come where it goes from every other month to every month to every other week to every week to three times a week. <laughs> yeah. I remember one time I was had an opportunity to uh, talk to a couple times with Rick Warren years ago and one or a couple times over the years. But one time I had a conversation mm -hmm. with him. He says, man, he goes, we average 100 emails or comments that are negative about me every week. 100. Wow. Oh, my. <laughs> You know, you got to consider he's a worldwide name. Yeah, certainly. And he's like, I, I, I've just had to learn not to let that beat me up. He's yeah. 100 a week. That's a it's lot. Like 15 a day. <laughs> you know? It's like yeah. every hour on the hour, someone's complaining yeah. about you and letting them know. And, he, yeah. you know, you, you got to you gotta manage it. Yeah. 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 Hope that helps. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. Yeah. yeah. What else you got, man? Hey, last question. Um, yeah. You know, we, we finally, after our last conversation, knocked on doors for our building edition. I think I found the right one. And so how do I start to move from the dreaming stage to the implementation stage for our building edition? And so how do I start to cast that vision? How do I start to get momentum for that? Um, you know, it just happened this last week. Uh, we just found the right door. And uh, wow. I'm really excited about it. But also, like, it's time to, to move from dreaming to implementation. And uh, just wanted to get ahead of that. Yeah. So just so I'm clear and everybody's clear, it's listening. We're talking about, okay, there's this campaign of buying some land or build, building buildings, whatever it is for anybody that's listening. You feel like you finally have a good pathway there. Yeah. But now how do we start getting people on board towards that? Yep. Yeah. They're all on board for the dreaming stage, but the implementation stage is, is going to be different. You know, it, it's just when you the rubber meets the road, it's... How, is the implementation... How yeah. Is the implementation stage for you financial? Is that what we're speaking of? No, uh, the finances um, are, are, are going to be there. Um, okay. So it's 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 just moving forward. I mean, it's the easy part, I guess. But I, I don't I don't want to mess the I don't want to drop the ball on the one yard line. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that would be good. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, I, I think there's a few things you've heard me talk about this before. That. Um, Above anything else, the meeting before the meeting is the most important meeting. So when you look at vision casting, now, okay, maybe the finances are there. And for some people that's checking out the podcast, maybe the finances aren't there. Either way, finances there, not there. Uh, you got to get people on board. You got to get people excited. You got to get them moving forward. You got to get them all in. First and foremost is, man, I always make sure as I kind of go down the, the, the sort of scales of leadership to make sure that I'm that I am sort of accomplishing this. I got these people on board before I go to this one. I got these people on board before I go to this one. I don't jump to the congregation. I say, okay, I got to make sure the board and staff, like, okay, guys, this is what it looks like. This is where we're headed. I'm excited about this. This is what it's going to look like. They And they have to see their role in all of it. You can't just cast vision and say, yay, we're excited. And they just high-five you. Like, you got to be clear what it is you're expecting of them, whether that is financial, in most cases it is, or if it's just financial plus, you know, uh, involvement, uh, whether they're helping to build, whether they're helping to do something, whatever it is, you got to help them find their connection to that vision. Because if all you're going to do is go, go in and, and sort of motivate, I always say motivate hits the mind, inspiration hits the heart. So when you are, yeah, yeah, you're hitting that. We got it. Yay, dude. They're yay, bro. I'm telling you right now, 
They'll go yay with you. And, bro, by the time they get home and have dinner, they done forgot about it. Because you and I think about this stuff every day of their li- our lives. They think about it eight minutes a week. It's just way different. So you have to say, okay, how do I get this, this level on board with me? How do I connect them to the vision? How do I connect them to the plan? How do I make sure that they're moving in the right direction? How do I do that? Like, how do I make sure everybody's going in the right direction? Then secondly, now I moved to the next level, okay? Financially, their labor, their help, their work, their input, whatever. I got to make sure the next group has that. So for me, I'm moving down in groups. Uh, and the bigger the church gets, sometimes that even gets split up. Now, I'm not saying that's going to be the case for you. But man, when your church is running much, much larger, it's like, I put all the leaders and volunteers in the room. No one's going to be able to ask a question. So maybe I'm going to do four nights of 40 people. You know, it, it can change like that. But, you're, but the point is you're working your way through it. The key to vision always is why and, where, and how they see themselves in it. Why? Why is this so important that we're doing this? And how do I fit into this? If they don't see them fitting into the vision, then they're just like, they like you. And I guess it's cool. And Sounds great, and I gave a little bit of money last year or whenever it was, and so, yay, yay, Nathan, that sounds great. you got to help them understand the why, why this is so important, why this is so big, why is it, and then they have to see themselves in the vision. If they don't see themselves in the vision, then they're just cheering on their team, they're, they're cheering on you, and I mean, they're excited, I guess, as a church member, but uh, you, you, you got you to gotta get them to see where they, where they fit into that vision. That's good. Man, if you don't do that, it's just going to be a very short motivation. Motivation touched yeah. the mind, inspiration touched the heart. And you got to get them to a point where they're like, man, this is amazing. I see myself in this. We can do this together. Throw some biblical patterns in there, building the wall in 52 days, all that stuff. They got to see themselves in that Nehemiah picture, that they're part yeah. of this thing. If they don't, then again, it'll just it'll stop at motivation and it'll stop in the mind. And yeah. you don't ever want it to stop there. So does that help? That does. Yes. Yeah. Cool. Is that it for today? Yeah. Thank you. Boom. You crushed it as usual. Hey, man. Thanks for being on today, man. I really do appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to the Fly on the Wall podcast. We hope today's episode provided you with some practical steps to lead your church to the next level. If you found this episode helpful, take a moment to leave us a review and share it with others. Remember, when the pastor grows, the church grows, and we grow pastors. We love you. We're your raving fans, and we are cheering you on. See you next week.